I didn't feel like I had the experience running my own business. And so I was allowing people to come in at lower rates than they should have. And that's been rectified. And I think that comes along with being clear on who your ideal clients are. So you're not wasting time talking to people who are trying to negotiate your rates and talking to people who are asking, is there a way they can get a deal? Because those companies that are ready to work with me understand the value of investing in someone that's going to help to propel them to the next level. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 95 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. So for today's episode, I'm giving you all an off-script update. I haven't done an off-script update since episode 53, which was released in October of last year. So just to refresh your memories, in these episodes, I share how my own personal business building journey is going. Recently, I've been getting questions on how I've gotten to where I am and how long it's taken for me to hit certain milestones. You know, as much as we're told to run our own race, it's human nature to want a roadmap or a blueprint for how others have been able to accomplish similar goals. So given that this show is quickly approaching its two-year anniversary and a hundredth episode, I thought it would be a good time just to pause and share how things are going. You know, these types of episodes are difficult for me to put together because I'm forced to be introspective, but it's also a good exercise because I get to sift through all of my experiences and distill them into what I hope will be helpful lessons for you guys. Before we dive into this off-script update, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories we share can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script as I share my entrepreneur update. We know that the launch of this podcast coincided with me quitting my job. If you're new here and you're curious, I shared the story of why I quit my job at Goldman Sachs in episode nine. My original intent for this podcast was just to use it as a way to document my own journey, but it quickly morphed into a way for me to highlight the stories of other women. And more recently, I've also added a second workshop episode every week, which you all seem to be loving. But quite honestly, I think this format has a bigger impact and probably brings more value to all of you. Okay, so first up in the update, let's start with a business update. What does my business look like today? When I first started out, which was two years ago, I knew that I wanted to contribute to the success of women-owned businesses, but I wasn't crystal clear on my ideal client or on the offer I had for that client. I wouldn't necessarily recommend starting in that way. If you've talked to me offline before, you know I'm a big proponent of side hustling first and getting some repeatable results under your belt before going full-time. But, you know, in hindsight, this is where I am. But fast forward to today, I now provide fractional chief marketing officer services to a group of businesses through my business, Pele Co. I created this service because after working one-on-one with other companies, I started to see that while they were in their growth phase, they needed someone who could help manage their most critical marketing and social media and really just general growth initiatives. But 
also, because they're still growing, they couldn't necessarily afford a full-time CMO, which is where I was able to introduce that fractional component because they only pay for the fraction of my time and my services that they need. So I'm kind of like a shared service among all the companies I work with. So when I work with these companies, I'm a part of their executive team and I provide oversight over all aspects of their marketing from strategy creation and execution to sourcing new vendors. And as I said, the appeal for them is they only need to pay for the portion of my expertise that they need. Ultimately, I would say this service gives my CEOs the breathing room they need to fully embrace their role as a CEO and as the evangelist of the company that needs to be out and about getting new business or whatever else is critical to the growth of their company. Of course, this service is probably more suited for businesses that are either well-funded startups or have been in business long enough to generate consistent revenue. On the other side of the spectrum, I also started hearing from some of you, my listeners, who are new to entrepreneurship or who are considering starting a side hustle. And so for this group, I started offering strategy sessions and VIP days so that we could work through their specific challenges. I've worked with some of you on your 12-month strategic plans, your influencer strategy, content strategy. I've also helped others plan their pivots and other amazing projects. So being that I don't yet have a team supporting me, you can see that I have a full plate. So this year, I'm just hyper-focused on outsourcing and streamlining so I have the capacity to grow and to explore some of the other things that have caught my eye. So one of my first steps in this direction has been to funnel my one-on-one strategy clients into a group program where I share my framework for new and aspiring consultants who want to go from having no leads to a full roster of clients. And in this case, I would say the term consultant covers service-based entrepreneurs like coaches, experts, personal brands, and influencers. So if you're on my mailing list, you probably already heard about this and have had the opportunity to get on my waiting list. Then I also have this podcast, which has been a labor of love for me over the past two years. And I'm finally in a position to start monetizing the platform as a part of my business. And so I'm working out the details of what that's going to look like, but you guys will be the first to hear about it when I roll things out. So This is what year two of entrepreneurship looks like for me. The foundations have been established and I'm focused on fine tuning and scaling. Of course, one of the questions I get a lot is, what have your lessons learned been so far? Have there been any mistakes? And to that question, I would say absolutely, there have been some mistakes along the way. I don't think anyone starts out knowing exactly to the T how they should proceed with any given thing. I think I had a good general idea about what I wanted to do, but I would say a plan is different when you're out there executing it. So as far as mistakes that I've made so far, I would say my first one was focusing on fluff instead of on revenue generating activities first. For example, early on, I think I was overly focused on setting things up so that I looked legitimate, right? I wanted to make sure that outwardly facing, I looked like a trustworthy professional business. And I think that is something you should focus on, yes, but not too much. Because for me, I found that I was tweaking my website. I was I was obsessing over my social media aesthetic. 
Instead, what I should have been focused on was finding ways to get in front of my ideal client. Even before that, I needed to be figuring out who my ideal client was and then finding ways to get in front of that client in an impactful way. And eventually I got here, but not quickly enough. And so I would say you guys have the benefit of my hindsight and I would encourage you to start getting some beta testing done with your clients. And this is a good way for you to figure out what you do like, what you don't like about what you're doing, and then also helps you tweak so that when you're ready to really start charging what you're worth with clients and you're ready to start scaling your business, you have a clear idea how you want to do it. So I could have gotten here much faster. The other thing I would say talking about charging your worth is I don't know what it is. I think there's a mindset shift that needs to happen when you're ready to scale your business because I felt that because I hadn't been in this space for a long time, I needed to charge lower prices to begin with. And I would say that was an incorrect way of thinking. In my mind, I thought, well, I'm still testing out. I'm still new. Although I have all the knowledge, I have the experience. I didn't feel like I had the experience running my own business. And so I was allowing people to come in at lower rates than they should have. And that's been rectified. And I think also that comes along with being clear on who your ideal clients are. So you're not wasting time talking to people who are trying to negotiate your rates and talking to people who are asking, is there a way they can get a deal? Because those companies that are ready to work with me understand the value of investing in someone that's going to help to propel them to the next level. So for me, I would say testing my prices, that's a good thing to do when you're in that beta phase because you're more willing to work for lower prices because what you're getting in return is experience. What you're getting in return is their testimonials that then you can use to leverage as you get to the level where you want to be price-wise. In general, if I had to distill the last couple years for myself into three lessons, it would be first to just Take my time, take your time to establish the foundation the right way, because once you have a good solid foundation, you can then enhance everything and pivot along the way if you need to. If you jump into entrepreneurship too quickly when you're not ready, especially if you're not financially ready, you might start to make decisions because you're operating from a scarcity mindset where the scarcity is real. You have bills to pay and that causes you to be aggressive in the way you are approaching the wrong things. So for me, it was important to give myself enough runway so that I could take my time as I established a foundation for the business. The second lesson I've learned is don't be afraid to fail fast, even if you're having to do it publicly. Yes, be thoughtful about why you're doing things and how you're entering new markets or how you're kicking off new projects. Be very thoughtful about how you're doing that. But if it's not working, drop it and move on because you don't want to waste your finite resources, money, time, people's faith in you. You don't want to waste that by peddling something that's not working. So be quick to fail fast. And the third lesson for me is to take bold, swift, and decisive action. I think that goes hand in hand with lesson number two in that if something is not working, leave it. 
if there's something that you think is the best way for you to proceed, go after it. Go after it because if you overthink it, if you allow the negative self-talk in your mind to take over, you're probably going to miss out on doing things that are beneficial for you in the long term. So be decisive. Once you have vetted the options, once you know what to do, don't keep overthinking it. Don't keep asking for more and more advice because you're just looking for someone to validate what you already feel in your mind, what you already feel and know to be the right action to take in your heart. Just be decisive, be swift, be bold, and be decisive about the actions that you're taking. Just to answer a question I've heard quite a few times now, do I regret quitting? The answer to that is no. As difficult as it is to get a business up and running, I'm happy with where I am today. I'm happy with the lifestyle I've created. And I'm also looking forward to adding to the legacy my husband and I are building for our family because we have a business that really we can hand over from generation to generation. So from the personal side of things, how are things going for me? If you listened to episode 89, you heard a little bit about how my business journey has been through the eyes of my husband. Balancing personal life and family life while running a business is challenging for me because there's always the temptation to keep working at all hours of the day. I have goals that I'm trying to hit. And when you have a clear path ahead of you, at least for me, I want to go full steam ahead all the time as I attack those milestones. But I've had to hold myself accountable. I've had to set some boundaries for myself so that I have a clear start and end time to my day. That way I can sit down for dinner with my family every night. That way I can play games with my kids when they when they bring out the game board and they say, hey, can we play Monopoly? I can make the time to do that. I don't want them to have the sense that I left corporate America. And at that point, I would say my oldest was too young to see how many hours I was working. I don't want them to see me in this phase of my life and feel like mom is always working. Mom is never available to me because that's not the kind of life I want to build. There are times where I see myself slipping into that pattern whenever I have projects that are due, where whenever I'm launching something with clients. And I, in those times, need to remind myself that this is not the kind of lifestyle I want to build. I love what I'm doing. And I think that's really what is propelling me to work more and more and more. But there has to be some sort of balance. There has to be some give and take between all the facets of my life. And in this phase, it's very important to me that I'm present and that my children see a good representation of what it looks like to have a business. I want them to see that having a business gives you flexibility and I want it to be something that they would like to aspire to. But if I leave a bad taste in their mouths about entrepreneurship because I'm never present, I'm never available for them, then that's not the kind of legacy I want to leave for them. So it's it's been interesting finding and setting those boundaries for myself. Now, most nights I still have a second shift where I come back and log in after the girls are in bed and after I've spent some time with my husband, but I try to have the bulk of my work done earlier in the day. For a while there, I would say we had a good rhythm going and then the pandemic hit. But we're taking things a day at a time, one day at a time, because with the school year starting and our girls now doing remote learning, 
I'm going into it with a positive attitude, but I also know it's going to be a huge adjustment for us. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I've been working on upgrading our girls' playroom space to include a study area because they need a good environment to get their work done, and they didn't have that before. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to share this, but I I was documenting the process, and I think I'm going to share it maybe on a YouTube video. I do have video footage of how messy the playroom was. I don't know if I'm going to include that because it was a hot mess, but uh, stay tuned for that if you follow me on Instagram. But I am very proud of myself because I love to DIY, and I was able to build them a 12-foot wall desk that goes from wall to wall. So I think that's going to give them a good amount of space to sprawl out on and do their homework and get some arts and crafts done, which they love to do. If they can cut paper with scissors, they're game. Our girls are almost five and my oldest is seven. So it really doesn't take much to impress them. Ultimately, I would say it's all worth it to make sure that my family remains safe and healthy during this season. From a self-care perspective, I would say my skin has never looked better because I have been battling some skin issues. So I've taken time to get the right products and make sure I'm not too stressed so that my skin can breathe a little bit. I'm drinking all my water and having weekly Zoom meetings with my girlfriends, enjoying some time with my husband. Working out, of course, it's still not where it should be, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I actually just need someone to sponsor me so I can have some free, cute workout clothes that give me incentive to actually work out. But um, other than all of that, I'm also a big believer in having hobbies. So in addition to baking more than I've ever baked before, I've also planted a vegetable garden. And I've seen so many of you guys also doing the same thing. Planting vegetable gardens is fairly new for me, so I'm having fun experimenting and learning what does and does not work in this Texas heat. But every morning I go outside with my coffee and I check on the progress of everything. And it's actually become a ritual for our whole family. Each girl got to plant something, so they like to go out and check on what they planted, like their corn and their carrots. My youngest loves carrots, so she's just waiting anxiously for everything to grow, which probably won't happen till November, I think, if I have my my days right. But it's so sweet to see. And I love that I'm able to create an environment where at this point, my youngest is like, I want to go back to school because she's just loving the nurturing and fun environment that we've been able to create at home, which was my goal. So that was it. That was my first off script update that I've done in a long time. Long story short, I'm here I'm still working hard. I'm hitting my milestones. It's a roller coaster, but I'm doing better now than I was when I started. If there are some specific questions that you come up with after listening to this Offscript update, send me a DM on Instagram at She's Offscript, and I'll gather all those questions and I'll do another Ask Sarah Anything episode just so I can get some more specific questions answered for you all. But yes, that's it. I'll see you on the next episode. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.